G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, this week has been quite a significant one and for those who have a few extra years, it brought about a memory which you might have taken with you through your lifetime. The idea that 50 years ago this past week, the Woodstock Festival took place in New York State in the United States. And of course, there were significant things that shaped the music history of the 70s and into the 80s, and you might say shaped things from that time in such a significant way. And perhaps there are some bad or destructive elements that came out of the hippie culture of the Woodstock Festival, but perhaps there are some good dimensions that we can reflect on as well. Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about Woodstock 50 years on and joining us once again today. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Well, Bill, Woodstock Festival, and I must say, uh, if I'm calculating your age roughly right, you would have been a teenager around the time of Woodstock. Uh, you have some memories, although I know you didn't quite get there. <laughs> yes, well, I didn't make it, but certainly do have memories. Certainly was around 16 at the time, back in 1969, uh, exactly 50 years ago to the day as we speak. So interesting. Um for us who were part of the counterculture and the hippie scene, this was about as big as you could get and uh, certainly made headlines in America, if not overseas. Uh, in some ways, the defining moment of the whole hippie scene, we really thought this was a pretty good deal. Three days of peace and love, rock and roll. Nobody got killed, no violence. It was all good fun. A lot of dope, a lot of sex at the time. We thought that was pretty cool stuff. Um, so uh, when it happened, we really thought we were on to something. But as I write in my piece, a few months later, another concert took place, which really put an end to that whole thing. Well, there were some very famous musical outfits that really were given historic attention uh, at that time around Woodstock, uh, the likes of Janis Joplin, and we know that her life ended in real tragedy. Uh, you've got other big names, Jefferson Airplane, Santana, Jimi Hendrix, The Who. There was a who's who, you might say, that appeared there and really had a tremendous influence on the young people of the day. Of course, music is a powerful influence on culture, and music was really one of those things that fueled the hippie culture of the day, Bill. Yeah, well, certainly the music was a huge part of it. The drugs was another huge part of it. Uh, sadly, I was heavily involved in both back then, uh, until I became a Christian, obviously, uh, two years after Woodstock. So, yeah, that was the scene. That was what we kind of lived for. You got high, you listened to music, and, uh, you know, that was our way of escape in many ways. So, yeah, a lot of the heavyweight groups of the day were there. 
Uh, it was supposed to be. It started off as a money-making venture, but, uh, well, they had far more people than they anticipated. They didn't even have all their fences up yet when it started, so eventually they just said, okay, this is a free concert. And so over 400,000 young people uh, had the weekend there, and uh, quite a memory for those who made it. I was probably in too fuzzy of a condition to even have considered going at the time, uh, but uh, I know some who did make it and some who made it to some of the other concerts of which I discuss in my piece. So, yeah, it was really heady days, really, and like I say, kind of the the high point of the counterculture. It was like the, you know, the mountaintop experience for many of us. We really thought, wow, we've made it. We've uh, seen heaven come to earth. This is what we've all been looking for, and there really were spiritual elements to it. Um, one of the famous folk singers who didn't make it either to Woodstock but wrote a song about it, Joni Mitchell, uh, incredibly uh, is 75 years old uh, this year. She uh, wrote about it in glowing terms and had a lot of uh, spiritual and even biblical references in, his, in her song. Uh, and in fact, the concert opened with a Hindu uh, guru giving the invocation. So there were a lot of uh, mystical and spiritual, uh, uh, at least, elements to it. Uh, not quite Christian, obviously, but, uh, you know, many of us did think this was a religious experience. So you had the Woodstock Festival. What were the other concerts uh, that you've alluded to that were so significant around that time? Well, I didn't make it, as I say, to Woodstock, but we had our own Woodstock in Wisconsin, as it was called, which I did go to. Uh, that was about a year later, I think. Um, and interesting, somebody I knew back in Wisconsin years ago just sent me an article about it. Uh, they said there were 85,000 people there, which I thought was pretty interesting. But uh, the real uh, concert that you have to focus on that really also defined the entire movement happened just a few months later, August, for Woodstock in December for Altamont in California. This was a free concert. Rolling Stones were there, Jefferson Airplane again, and a bunch of others. Uh, so I thought, oh, good, more of the same, more Woodstock. But as I write in my piece, and again, I wasn't there, but I had friends who were, uh, the whole dream really turned quite sour almost instantly. Uh, sadly, some of the rock stars, including the Rolling Stones, thought it would be a neat idea to have some security uh, so they went with the Hells Angels <laughs> who were there, plied them with a lot of free cases of beer, and that was their means of, you know, keeping the stage from being rushed by zealous fans. So as I write in my piece, this is not a good idea to have Hells Angels and a lot of free beer. Uh, the crowds got out of hand, the Hells Angels really got out of hand, and in the middle of one of the Rolling Stones songs, uh, one fan was stabbed to death by the Hells Angels. I've got a little uh, video clip there for those who want to see just how traumatic and dramatic this really was. Uh, just about all of us in the hippie scene back then kind of knew instantly this was the end of the dream. This was uh, paradise lost. This was, you know, everything we were hoping for and seeking, it just crumbled right before us. So, 
you have within a space of a few months the kind of the very high point, the pinnacle of the hippie dream, and, and just a few months later it all came crashing down. So that's quite an important period in American and, uh, in fact, Western history. There's always one in the crowd, isn't there, who wants to ruin the fun for everyone. But it goes deeper than that, Bill, because as you've been reflecting on what Woodstock shows about humanity, it's quite significant because when you have a group of young people, as the majority were back in the day of Woodstock, uh, looking to rebel against the cultural norms that had they had felt were restricting them. Uh, they felt that uh, pursuing the hippie culture would be, as you say, an, uh, an Aquarian dream, uh, reaching the, the pinnacle even of spirituality, of being free from those restraints. Uh, that has a particular message, doesn't it, about the status of humanity. What were your insights into the way that that really shows something significant about us? Yeah, well, looking back, obviously now as a Christian, you can see two core biblical doctrines on display at Woodstock. On the one hand, you had all these people, you know, kind of sharing and caring and loving each other, and, you know, they shared their food and their sleeping bags and this and that, their drugs. And, you know, how do you explain this kind of sense of community? Well, the first thing is God made us in his image. So there is a greatness about mankind. There is dignity. There is a sense of wanting to do right to your fellow man. But, of course, right with that is the second great biblical doctrine of humanity, namely the fall. Uh, Because of sin entering into the world, All of the great things that God had in store for us were terribly spoiled. And, uh, uh, you know, now, you know, all the good was lost in so many ways. And we're basically self-centered sinners who just want to get what we can. So even though you had a lot of sharing and caring at Woodstock, it was really an experiment in hedonism and humanism. You know, people wanting to get high, have free sex, just have a good time. Uh, that's not exactly how you can run a society. It might be good for a few days, but it's not going to make a nation. So you had the best and worst on display there. And as I say, you really got the worst a few months later at Altamont. So, uh, yeah, you get some real spiritual truths there. But then, of course, the other side of the coin is as the enemy really raised up in many ways the cultural revolution with so much destruction and damage, Well, God always has the last word. So at the same time, he raised up the Jesus revolution. So my story is simply that I was a part of each radical hippie and political leftist getting into all kinds of mischief. But then, by God's grace, coming in of the Lord, as so many, well, tens of thousands of other hippies did as well back then. Can we be encouraged, Bill, that when there is a determined effort to move away from God, uh, to leave him out of the picture, that something is happening quietly, perhaps simmering under the surface, uh, the idea that there would be, out of a cultural revolution, a Woodstock-style festival, that that would be even the trigger for the Jesus people, a Jesus revolution. Is there something there to uh, to always consider that God is at work in whatever circumstances to bring about uh, some ways that he fulfills his purposes? What are your thoughts on the emergence of the Jesus people? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. God is always at work. He's not asleep. And when the enemy seems to be getting the upper hand, God is uh, still on the throne. He's still accomplishing his purposes. So, again, my story is uh, kind of in a small spotlight, the story of so many of that culture back then, late 60s, early 70s. The enemy wanted to come, as he always does, to kill and to steal and destroy, and a lot of people lost their lives. But also God comes to bring life. So sadly, a lot of my teenage friends never made it. Uh, some did die of drug overdoses. Dump. Some did uh, commit suicide. Uh, you know, I was both. I was suicidal. I was heavily into the drug scene. So I often have to ask, even today, why me, Lord? Why did I make it when some of my friends didn't? So obviously the incredible grace of God, but uh, yeah, that whole scene was heavy. The enemy was at work trying to destroy humanity, but God had a, a bigger blow to land uh, with the whole Jesus revolution, with so many getting saved back then. So yeah, I can look back 50 years ago to Woodstock, and in another two years, it'll be my 50th anniversary of coming into the kingdom. So uh, yeah, when you're old, you look back and you see, wow, God has been at work. Bill, taking some of that wisdom you've been reflecting on and applying that to some of the challenges around music festivals today, because a lot of young people do see music festivals, perhaps even in a similar light to the way that others, teenagers in your day, would have been looking at Woodstock. But what are your thoughts for teenagers today who are seeking the drug high and the dance party that happens at music festivals today, is there hope that there might be something emerge out of that, where there'll be something of a culture that recognises the dangers in that and perhaps even connects with God? What are your thoughts for today's music scene? Yeah, well, there's certainly hope that even in those situations, God is and can be at work. Um my perspective is it might be somewhat different today. I mean, many of us, I was, and many of my friends back then, 50 years ago, we were kind of on a search. We were looking. We were unhappy with the way things were, with the middle-class values in war and police and hypocrisy and materialism and, you know, greed and capitalism. We had our list of things we didn't like. But many of us were searching, so I spent a lot of time reading uh, books about Eastern religion and, you know, looking into the occult and reincarnation. I looked into Marxism. I looked into all kinds of things, trying to find an answer. So for many of us, there was, I think, a real search, knowing that something wasn't right and there must be something better. So the hippie culture sadly did not do it, uh, and I'm always reminded of the words of Jesus about, you know, if you build your house on the sifting sands, uh, it's not going to withstand when the storms come, but if you build it on the rock, well, it'll stand. And I think that whole hippie dream, at least for many with the more visionary and kind of spiritual quest, well, it was simply a house built on the sand, and uh, only on Christ the rock can we really make it happen. I'm not quite sure there's all that much searching today in some of the uh, rave scenes and dance parties as there was 50 years ago, but I could be wrong. 
You could be wrong, and let's pray that there is that sense of searching that is happening in the lives of young people in particular who do frequent today's music festivals. Uh, Great to reflect on Woodstock. Uh, Great to also reflect on the challenges and the differences that might be evident today. Let me point people to check out your latest article, and no doubt there'll be some listeners who'd love to see your insights into Woodstock and even to check some of those links for videos of some of those early happenings around Woodstock Festival. Woodstock 50 Years On, the title of the article we're talking about today. You can find that when you go to billmuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Uh, Bill, thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.